Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology. With me, Tiasha Zaitz. Last year, one of the key buzzwords in healthcare was virtual care. In 2020, it was probably telemedicine. In 2019, it was AI. And in 2017 and 2018, it was blockchain and interoperability. There are many others, of course, and many of these terms are still very popular today. It seems, though, that one of the terms that got pushed most in the background is blockchain. And that's a good thing, says John Bess, the founder and CEO of Hashed Industries, a healthcare-focused venture studio. John is an internationally recognized author and speaker on value-based care, blockchain, and decentralized healthcare technology. He's also the co-author of the HIMSS-published book, Blockchain in Healthcare, Innovations that Empower Patients, Connect Professionals, and Improve Care. At this year's HLTH conference in Las Vegas in November, we had a brief chat about where is blockchain in 2022, what can we expect in the future, how does blockchain relate to Web3, and what could NFTs, non-fungible tokens, do for healthcare. Enjoy the show, and if you like what you will hear, subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode automatically in your podcast player. Also, do check out our newsletter. It's a written summary of topics covered in the last month, so a great resource if you just want to skim through the discussions that we had and then decide what you want to listen to first. It's on Substack. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Or just follow the link in the show notes. Now let's dive in today's discussion. John, before health, there was a joke on Twitter about what the buzzwords are going to be and what are going to be the most common phrases that are going to be said at the conference. And then someone said what's not going to be in the vocabulary this year is this is built on blockchain. What's the state of blockchain in healthcare in 2022, according to your observation? I think people have come to realize that's not what's important. It's like talking about cloud. What's important is that we solve real problems for real companies in today's world. And anytime we talk about blockchain, I think we're distracting our listeners or our customers from the solutions we're trying to deliver to market. And so blockchain was kind of like the hype for a long time. And I think it's rightly faded into the technology stack. And so for certain types of use cases, I think it's a tool that can be used to solve trust and transparency and incentive alignment challenges. And the days of people thinking they were going to use blockchain to solve everything from soup to nuts is over. And that's a good thing. So I think the hype's over and now people are using it to build interesting things and using the technology to uniquely enable new types of business models that the world's not seen before, which is, the, which is a, a healthy place to be. 
So what are some of the actual practical use cases that you see that blockchain is being used for in healthcare? Because the common, also in 2017-18, when blockchain was super popular, was that the problems that it's addressing can be solved with existing solutions in IT. Yeah, that's a, a little bit of a challenging question to answer because a part of it depends on how you define blockchain. True blockchains are open source. They're publicly verifiable ledgers. They're, it's forks of Ethereum or things like that. Then there's distributed ledger technologies, which borrow certain properties from blockchains, but aren't really blockchains. Sometimes they're being used by private networks and things like that. So is that a blockchain or not? And, and you got this spectrum or this family of technologies that sometimes people all kind of collapse under the word blockchain. So part of it like depends on like your definition. Now, at Hashed, we're working on a seven or eight different startups now. Some use some form of blockchain or distributed ledger technologies. Others don't. The common thread across everything we do is we bring communities together to solve shared problems and create shared value. And we use community and collaboration as a mechanism for solving problems that drive the cost of healthcare. And so there's lots of, lots of challenges in the healthcare world that no single company can solve by themselves. It requires companies to come together and trust each other and align with each other and be transparent with the sharing of information across that network. When you're creating a startup, you try not to over-engineer that startup. You try to do as little as possible to create the first version of the product and the minimally viable product and using a minimally viable community of customers. And so that's what we do. And so we don't, we're not philosophers. We're not going to use blockchain unless it's necessary. So the areas where we see opportunities for the technology are in things like um, the community curation of data, where you've got a bunch of organizations who are trying to solve a problem in supply chain or credentialing, where there's the opportunity to create an exchange of information across that community, and they're all kind of participating in solving a shared problem. Like, so for example, Professional Credential Exchange, it is a credentialing startup that where you've got all of these organizations in healthcare that are all trying to credential clinicians or practitioners, whether it's a physician or any other type of practitioner in the healthcare space. And so each of those organizations is currently independently doing all this primary source verification work every day, usually in the basement of a building. And the hospital down the street is doing the exact same thing. They're credentialing the same people and they're doing work on top of each other. And so one of the things we're, and there's a real need to prove the source of that information. The pedigree of that data is really important. You have to prove that it's a primary source verified artifact. So that to us is a good opportunity for this technology. And so the ability to enable organizations who are doing this work to curate this data and then put it onto a, an exchange where someone else can acquire it and they, tr they know the source of the information. They have to be able to trust in the source of that information. They need to know that it's come from a certain health system or a reputable source. That's an example of a, a use case where I think it's important. 
Another use case where we see opportunities is we're excited about NFTs. We're excited about using kind of the tokenization of lots of different things in terms of like Bramble, as an example, we're using it to represent a healthcare service. And so a provider can create a digital asset that represents an episode of care and can drop that asset onto an exchange for to be purchased by a buyer. And because it's a digital asset on a blockchain, we can prove who owns that and we can be very transparent within the community about who owns that asset at any moment in time. And so that, in both of those use cases, the use of the technology uniquely enables a brand new business model that the world has never seen before. So those are a couple of examples. I'm really glad that you mentioned NFTs because that's one of the questions that I am wondering personally, like why would you use NFTs in healthcare? So you mentioned an episode of care, but to me that sounds, if you really wanted to create NFTs for that, I'm starting to think about the amount of data that we're already producing in healthcare and just the energy consumption that's required to drive blockchain solutions. If I think that many information would now be translated into NFTs, I see a sustainability problem. So how do you see the these discussions? Because this is, I think, like the discussions about blockchain today are the discussions of this is not good for the environment. Yeah, I think that's fortunately less of a concern now that Ethereum has moved to a proof of stake. So moving off the proof of work algorithm has been a real, has been great for the environmental impact of Ethereum. So we're using a, a layer two that's anchored to Ethereum. So the environmental impact is, is minimal. Okay. Here at Health, you had a presentation that was focused also on Web3. So there's a lot of confusion around Web3, what it is, how do you define it? It's similar as the discussions of what is blockchain years ago, and probably a lot of people still wonder about that. What's the most common question that you get about Web3 and how do you define it? I think people want to know what it is. It is kind of a rebranding of blockchain, and I think it's a better brand, But and blockchain needed some rebranding. But it also, when you talk about Web3, the definition of blockchain is expanded to include NFTs, DAOs, even metaverse. And it encompasses this idea of the ability for us to own things in a digital world. That's at the core of Web3. It's all about the ability to own things online. It's uniquely enabled by blockchain. And it is commonly, the things people like to talk about are this idea of a curator economy or the creator economy where You've got a version of the internet that's owned and governed by the curators of the information that that the information that's flowing across the internet rather than centralized companies who are owning and controlling that digital world. And the common examples are what if Uber were owned by the drivers or what if Spotify was owned by the artists? That's the vision of Web3 is in taking ownership away from these centralized organizations and giving it back to the curators and the creators who currently are selling themselves for little red hearts and little thumbs. I think that's a really attractive idea for a lot of people. And in healthcare, there's a lot of data 
that is being curated and but it's being controlled by centralized middlemen um and there's lots of opportunities in web3 for us to embrace these ideas of community ownership and community curation of information self-sovereign identity those types of things so it's a, it's an a, it's an attractive space there's lots of ideas but there's honestly very little in the way of real companies who've really leveraged web3 and done something meaningful with it now i mentioned the use of nfts like that is for a lot of people, that would count as a kind of a Web3 initiative. We've got some ideas around DAOs, like how do you create organizations of physicians or patients who share a common purpose and can support each other socially and perhaps even share a treasury and then do things with that money. I think those are interesting concepts for the healthcare space that we're going to be exploring in, in 2023. So what do you think needs to change that this would actually turn into something that's done in reality because at the moment, data is held in centralized systems which have a lot of power because they get a lot of capital out of holding that data centrally. So I have a hard time imagining that you could break that power because the people or the organizations in power are going to resist hard to avoid the loss of that power. And even blockchain is an old idea. So why would it succeed? Because it failed already in a sense that it didn't, we didn't see the adoption. Even when the ICOs and the ideas were large and there was a lot of things that was being done for healthcare in, on blockchain. It is, you're right. There's a lot of really entrenched interests and there's going to be a lot of resistance. I think the opportunity is for us to unlock the communities of consumers using Web3 technologies and using these Web3 technical models and business models. And so it's not going to be the businesses who lead the way. It would have to be consumers who lead the way. And bringing together, so it's very early in the adoption of Web3, crypto, etc., it is, if you look at some of the statistics, it's on par with the adoption of the internet. In fact, the slide I showed in my presentation on Sunday shows that it's actually outpacing the adoption of the internet, but it's still going to take some time for these wallets and these kind of crypto concepts to be widely adopted. <clears throat> and so it's going to be really hard for the average consumer or a nurse or a doctor or a cancer patient <clears throat> to, to be a kind of an early adopter outside of small communities of people who are already doing it. So I just think you can't expect these things to happen overnight. This is a long game. And the only path I see to accomplishing what you mentioned is through network effects of consumers adopting the technology and driving those solutions forward. It just hasn't happened yet. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast because it really, really helps other listeners interested in digital health find the show as well. Stay tuned.